Lord, we thank you and praise you for who you are. Truly, you are an awesome God. And you are the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. So we thank you, Lord, that you are a good God all the time, and all the time you are a good God. We thank you that you never change. And we thank you, Lord, that your love for us knows no bounds. So, Lord, as we look at um, this presentation this morning of what you did in the Philippines in answer to these good people's prayers right here, Lord, help them, I pray, to realize how much a part of this that they are. That um, if nobody prays, nothing really happens because you answer the prayers of your people. You're looking for somebody to exercise their faith, to stand in the gap, and then you're willing to do whatever. So, Lord, we thank you. I thank you for these people here, these intercessors who prayed for us while we were over there. And I thank you, Lord God, for answering their prayers and for doing all these things that I'm about to show them. So we give you all glory and praise and honor in the name of Jesus, Father. Amen. Amen. So if you could put that up. Um, um, I'm kind of like a war correspondent. Like CNN, you know, they have war correspondents. They go over there on the front lines and they gather data and they bring back a report or send back a report on what happens. But I'm not a war, cor war correspondent for CNN. I'm a war correspondent for CAO, Christ the Anointed One. And what you're about to see is what God did in 18 days in the Philippines because you were praying. Other people around the country were praying as well, and lots of them over there, but... Um, you're a big part of this, and that's what I want you to understand is that, um, you know, this isn't my thing or something. This is all of us together, corporately, um, praying, and I'm just bringing you back a report on what our God did because you prayed, okay? Hallelujah. <clears throat> okay, I am just put that up there. That's the location of the Bible school. You can see that um, city there, Naga. N-A-G-A, and the next one south of that is San Fernando. San Fernando is where we are. You go a mile in from San Fernando up in the mountain, and that's where we, we're located. That's on the island of Cebu. Uh, from San Fernando to Cebu, um, the city of Cebu up there, is about the same distance as from here to St. Louis. And it just takes a lot longer to get from one place to the other because of the traffic over there. So um, sometimes it'll take an hour and a half to go that distance. It just depends on traffic. And um, it's just horrible. All, all third world countries that I've been in are like that. But it just gives you an idea of how far away we are. And we used to stay in a hotel in Cebu. So every morning, Roly and Letty would have to make that drive into Cebu to get us if we were ministering somewhere else. And then we would go from there. Sometimes we stayed right in Cebu, but other times we would go to other places. So um, now we're staying right at the Bible school. Okay, you can show the next one. Um, this is at the Bible school. Um, that big room that we're in there is divided up into three sections for classrooms during the school year. These are all mothers and children from the community. Uh, we do something with the people in the community every year um, just to build relations with them. Uh, we invite them all to come and we feed them. And these are Samaritan purse boxes that they get from the Billy Graham ministry. And so these kids aren't used to getting gifts. <laughs> so when they get a shoebox full of goodies for them, it's a pretty big deal. And uh, there's a bunch more on the left I couldn't get in the picture, but um, the reason we're inside, we usually do this outside, it started raining, which I told the kids that's a sign of God's blessing. So when you open your shoebox, expect 
a big blessing. So anyway, that's what we're doing there. This was just a morning that we invited them to come and uh, shared a little bit with them about God's love for them. And then we fed them and passed out those boxes to them. Just a gift to the community. Okay, next one. This is our first crusade. This was outside of a little church about the size of a one-car garage. On my little house over here, we have a one-car garage. You get the car in there, and there's barely room to walk around it. So that's the size of this church. It's pastored by two of our graduates. And there was a, the meeting was supposed to be outside the church. And we were all set up to show a film. We show a film in their language and then stop it about three quarters through, and then I preach the gospel, and then we finish the film and do the follow-up work. Um, if you just show the film, they'll just disappear afterwards. So you need to stop it. You get them hooked on, they want to see the end of it, and then preach the gospel to them. Now this kid in the pink shirt, and the one in the, I guess that's a kind of a blue shirt to the right of him, and the one with a dark blue shirt behind him, and another guy, you can just see his head behind a guy in a pink shirt. Those four guys were known drug users. And they came in the meeting, and while we were outside, they were all sitting in the back, and they were kind of making fun of things. Um, we really hadn't got started yet. And then it started to rain. And, uh, you know, I was kind of watching these guys. And then when it started to rain, everybody got under this tarp that was... Uh, outstretched out in front, it just wasn't big enough. And we had to get our equipment under there quickly so it didn't get wet, because we have sound boards. I don't know, it's a thing that projects up on the screen. Um, the movie, uh, and we got a regular screen and everything, now we don't have to use a sheet anymore. So anyway, we moved all that underneath the, the tarp. Well, the tarp started to sag, it started raining pretty heavy. So I said, everybody get inside of the church. And so all these people, there were 65 people there, got inside the church. And before the guys could even think about it, the guys that were the drug users that were making fun of us, they were inside of the church. And there's one doorway, and I'm standing in it. <laughs> so the only way out is through me, which they probably could have done if they had wanted to get out bad enough. But when they're raising their hands, what they're doing right there is receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen. And all, all 65 people got saved, 100%. And evangelism, if you preach for 65 people and six or seven get saved, that's considered average. So this is way above the average, amen? God can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Why did that happen? That happened because you were praying. But before we went in the church, because it was before it started raining real hard, I said, let's just pray for the sick. So we started praying for the sick, and I'll share that. Um, that other boy with the gray shirt on it says Thailand on it. There's a big story with him. Show the next picture, please. That's my, our condo in the Philippines. That section in the back with the railing around the top, there's a flat roof up there. Um, that's the new addition that we built on. Um, that's where we stay now when we go over there. We don't have to stay in the hotel anymore. We stay, um, that's not our room in the front. Our room is in the back, the other, the other uh, half of it. But that roof is flat, and they have prayer up there every morning. The Bible school students are uh, awakened at 4 o'clock in the morning, and they're supposed to meet up there for prayer at 4.30. So I'm glad I went to school here instead of there. So that's when their, their, their day starts, at 4 o'clock in the morning. And they can use that. We had some lunches up there. We had a meeting up there. So they have their prayer meetings up there every morning. So um, that addition cost $10,000. And the other building that it was hooked to, which is the staff house where they live, uh, cost fifteen. dollars And that building will pay for itself. 
in about five years with the money that's saved by not staying in a hotel in Cebu. And that money can then be used to win souls with. Amen? All right, the next one, please. That's, that's what it looks like up on top. It's all tiled, real nice. And eventually we're going to put a tin roof over it um, to keep the rain off of it and the sun off of the people. Uh, at 4.30 in the morning, they're not worried about the sun too much. They're usually wrapped up in blankets. Uh, they're real uh, warm-natured, so they get cold real easy. But that light, uh, the darker blue that you can just see over the railing on the right, and maybe a little bit on the left, that's the North China Sea. Um, you can see it in two spots. But um, it was Rolly's idea to make the roof flat like that, and it was a good idea because we can utilize that space. It's a pretty good size area. Okay, the next one, please. This is that meeting where those 65 were saved. And this is before we went inside. We're under that tarp now. On the bottom photo, the two guys on the right are the two pastors of the church. They're both graduates of the school. And the boy that I'm praying for, I got my hand on his ears, uh, was a deaf mute. He could not hear or speak. And as far as I know, he was born that way. And so I asked him what his problem was. Nobody told me he was deaf. I asked him what his problem was, and he just was standing there looking at the ground. And finally, one of the pastors that were somewhere in the back came up and said, he can't hear. I said, well, that's not hard for God to do. So we just prayed. That's what I'm doing in the top photo. Commanded his ears to open in the name of Jesus. And snapped my finger and he looked at me. And took a few steps and said something and he looked at me. He couldn't speak, but I didn't know that. So then I walked up and I asked him if he needed anything else. And he just looked at me with a blank stare on his face. So then the pastor whispers in my ear again. He says he can't speak either. I said, well, why don't you guys tell me some of this stuff? It would save a lot of time, you know. <laughs> Just let me flounder around. If God doesn't tell me, I don't know. And uh, so we commanded his tongue to be loosed in Jesus' name. And I said, now just try to repeat after me. Now, he's never heard any sounds before, so he doesn't, you know, he's going to have to be taught how to speak. But I said, can you say G? He goes, ye? I say, us. He says, us. I says, now put that together. Ye is us. He goes, ye is us. Well, the first word that kid ever spoke was the name of Jesus. He's 15 years old. Hallelujah. And, you know, he's going to have to be taught how to speak and everything. I mean, it's like a little baby. He doesn't know. He'd never heard anything before. But this is our first meeting. A very first one. You know, there's only 65 people there. And God is doing this stuff um, in answer to your prayers. So thank you so much on behalf of this 15-year-old boy for praying and interceding. That's what gets the job done. You're so important. If you weren't doing that, if people weren't interceding, you know, I might as well stay home. Okay, the next one, please. This is a grandma... I put her in there because she was pretty old. I don't really know how old, but older than me, so pretty old, okay? <laughs> but she's holding her stomach. She has uh, stomach pain. And uh, they get that from drinking water with polluted water that has bad bacteria in it. And first you get a stomach ache, and that might go on for a month or so, and if you don't treat it, then you will get a fever. And that'll go on for a while. If you don't treat the fever, you will get a migraine. It's just a progressive thing. We've just learned that over the years. It happens over and over and over again by drinking polluted water. And so uh, she was only in the first stage. Well, she had a fever. 
but she didn't have migraines, so she had stomach pain and a fever. And you just command the bacteria to die in the name of Jesus, and the pain to leave. If the pain leaves, we consider them healed. So <clears throat> Jesus told me that one time. I was always waiting for confirmation. Well, they never go to a doctor to get confirmation. They don't have any money. So he says, if you, if you pray and I heal them, the pain goes away, he says, consider that done. So yes, sir. So we, we count them now. So there's a grandma. So she's on there. So it doesn't matter how young you are. If you're 15 and you can't hear or speak, or if you're, maybe she's 85, would be really old for a Filipino. But they live a pretty hard life. She might be much younger than that. I don't know. But it doesn't matter what age you are. Um, Jesus can heal you because you prayed. Okay, the next one, please. This is a different, different meeting. Um, this is in a basketball court. Um, a dirty place. It's really dirty there. That's her husband standing behind her. They brought this lady up. She was blind in her right eye. And uh, her husband says, can you do anything? <laughs> I says, no, I can't do anything, but I know somebody who can. And I just put my hand on her forehead above her eye, and I said, I begin seeing. Big theological prayer. It took me years to learn that. I begin seeing. And he says, now put your hand over your, your good eye and tell me how many fingers I got. And she said, one. I was about this far from her. I says, how many now? She said, five. I said, how many now? She said, three. I says, you can see just fine. That's what the good eye covered with the one we just prayed for that was blind. And just that quick, Jesus opened her eye. How does he do that? I don't know. But he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he healed that blind woman because people were interceding for our meetings. Okay? This is a meeting that you prayed for. Hallelujah. Okay, the next slide, please. This lady was blind in both eyes. Same meeting. This is the same dirty basketball court. And it was down by a river, and I think they were dumping stuff in the river because it was just an odor there that wasn't pleasant. Um, that's Pastor Emerson in the dark shirt there right next to that lady. Um, he's one of our pastors. Um, he's got a bright future, that guy. He used to be a rock star at one time over there. Had real long hair and long story. Anyway, this lady here uh, was the same deal. She was blind in both eyes. She was an older lady as well. And... Uh, God opened uh, both of her eyes uh, as well. That was in the same, uh, same meeting. Um, <clears throat> there was uh, actually 92 people saved in that meeting, in that basketball court that day. 92 people. I don't know if that was all of them that were there or not. I think it was. Uh, okay, next slide, please. This is still that same meeting. You can see I got the same shirt on. <laughs> this lady had one leg. It was at least that much shorter than the other one. A good inch and a half shorter than the other leg. And she lived right next to the basketball court. And she was in constant pain. Little bitty lady. You know, she's about this wide. Just little bitty tiny thing. And uh, so we set her on a chair and checked her legs, and one was that much shorter. Well, especially little, a lot of them are small in statue, and they have a lot of children over there. And they put the babies on their hip. You do that? Yeah. And they have lots of babies. So when they do that for years and years, your pelvic bone gets tilted like this. And then the leg that's hooked to this side of the pelvic bone is shorter than the other one. The leg really isn't shorter, but the pelvic bone is tilted, so the leg goes up. Dave knows this stuff. And so you command the pelvic bone to level out in the name of Jesus, always in the name of Jesus. That's where the power is. And the leg just comes 
just comes out like that. And it, what that does, when it's tilted like this, that pinches nerves. There's all nerves and stuff back in here. And as soon as that <clears throat> pelvic bone straightens out, the nerve is unpinched and the pain leaves immediately, and they're jumping up and down excited about it because they live with it. They don't know what to do with it. And so she was pretty excited. When we left, um, she was standing in her front door and ran out the front door, and she's hugging us all and everything um, because, you know, she's not an old lady. She's a young woman, and she would be living with that pain the rest of her life. If that the pelvic bone stayed that way, your nerve is just going to stay pinched and it's still going to hurt. If you've ever had a nerve problem, you know how, how painful that is. I got a different picture. I wish I'd have used it that shows the foot. I thought it was this one. My arm is in the way. My right arm is in the way. But you can distinctly see the difference in the, the legs before we prayed. Okay, the next one, please. This guy had a broken toe. This is still the same meaning, the same dirty basketball court. And um, it's the one right next to his big toe. It's already fixed there. But it healed cockeyed somehow. He never went in and had it set or anything. And it kind of hindered his walk. He had to kind of walk on his heel so he would walk like this. Um, because of that, I don't know if it grew sideways, I think it was broken and it was either under or above his big toe a little bit. And uh, we just spoke to the toe. <laughs> I mean, you, people might laugh at that, but you just speak to things. Jesus would just speak to the infirmity, you know. He never begged God to do something. That's already done. Healing's already provided. Just make commands. Just tell, tell the thing. To, and you can see there his toes lined right up with his big toe already. Um, I didn't hear anything crack or pop or anything, but it lined up. So he was, ex he was sitting back there grinning. He's got a kind of a sheepish grin on his face. I'm not sure that he really believed anything was going to happen with that toe. Because it had been that way for about a year. But he was a pretty happy guy afterwards. Okay, next one, please. Now, this is another crusade. That's Pastor Rowley, my interpreter. I preach the same message every time, so we both have it memorized. Because most of the time it's too dark. I had enough light there, but most of the time it's too dark to read anything. And so he knows what I'm going to say before I say it, so it's, it's just like a concert. It's, I say something, and he says something, and I say something, and it just kind of goes like that, really smooth. And when we get to the, uh, the point of salvation, I just step back and let him pray for them in their language uh, because you want to get them into the kingdom, amen? And that's the biggest miracle that I saw was the salvations. I'll give you a report on how many at the end. of This particular meeting, there was 140 people saved. 140. And that was how many were that was there. Amen. It was 140 people. They count them when they come. They show up uh, when the movie starts. It don't look like there's anybody there, Harling, but when the movie starts, all of a sudden, so we have somebody counting them. And there was 140, and they all, all got saved. Hallelujah. Uh, we prayed for healing at this meeting, too. The next one, please. Almost every meeting. This lady had cataracts. Uh, what they say is their eyes are dim. And sometimes they need glasses, you know. Other times it's, it's a cataract problem. And hers was cataracts. Um, and I don't know what happened, but she could see just fine. We tested her eyes after praying for her. Um, I mean, it was pretty fairly dark there. I stepped back and she could count my fingers. I said, do they look fuzzy or anything? She said, no. It says everything was fuzzy before, whether it was close or far away. But she says it's not fuzzy now. So we counted her as being healed as well. Okay, the next one, please. Uh, this is still that same meeting. This lady had upper back pain, 
severe upper back pain. You could see the pain in her face. And uh, you do the same thing you do with the legs. You just check the hands. And her left arm was way longer than her right arm. Not really, but it, everything back here is all jacked up. And so uh, we just commanded everything to be, to be loose, the muscles and the tendons and all of that stuff back there and uh, for her arms to be, arm to be lengthened. Um, when the tendons and everything are unknotted, then it just comes out and the pain left right away. She was in obvious pain, you could see it in her face. And they just live with it because they don't go to doctors. They don't have any money for that. There are doctors over there, uh, but most of them can't utilize them. All right, we're going to shift gears here for a minute. Next one, please. That's a, a bunch of bananas at the Bible school. We have banana trees there. And that's a stalk of bananas that they cut one morning. They're, I'm not kidding you, they're that big around. They're like bottom of a gla water glass. Really big bananas. And I just took a picture of them. I got another picture, it's not on here. Uh, the dog Silver is standing next to them. It gives you a perspective on how big they are. I probably should have used that. We have uh, coconut trees, coconut palms, banana trees, and lots of other trees that I can't name <laughs> for you. But I, at least I know them too. Um, but they're really good too. And at, two days later, we could eat them. They were, had turned yellow and they were good to eat. But um, the stalk on that thing was that big around where it's down in the bottom there. It's real big. And I just thought that was interesting. Okay, the next one, please. Um, this is on a Sunday morning service. This lady um, had a migraine headache. I asked her how long it had been, she'd had a headache, and she said for two months. I said for two months with no relief, she said yeah. She had taken some aspirin, but it didn't help her headache. And she's in the file, um, the third stage of the stomach and the fever and now the migraine. So it's getting serious when it gets like to this point. Um, and she had a fever as well. She was real hot. But um, the fever went away right under my hand. And I asked her if the pain was gone after we got done. And the pain was gone as well. So the migraine left. And, you know, when Jesus prayed for Peter's mother-in-law, um, he rebuked the fever. And that word in the Greek is uh, forbid. And so I just use that same word. I just forbid the fever from being on this child of God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You have no legal right to be there. You must leave now. Stuff like that. And, it, and things obey your command when Jesus is backing you up. I could say that kind of stuff all day if he's not backing me up. If the Holy Spirit's not there to do something. I got nothing. Absolutely nothing. But he's doing these things because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, he never changes. And because people are interceding for this to happen today. So it happens. You know, Connie had all those experiences over there, all those people being healed over there. Just amazing things happening. And you don't have to be some big name to do it. You can be a Warren or a Connie Wood. You just have to believe and step out. Hallelujah. Okay, the next one. Uh, this lady was blind, was blind. This lady was blind in both eyes. She's a young lady, I'm guessing about 35. And I don't know, I don't think she was blind from birth. I think she, uh, I don't remember all of her stories. There were so many of them. I think she got blinded from some, for some reason. But anyway, she can now see. Um, she couldn't see uh, 100%. I mean, she could see things, but it, 
You know, in a Sunday morning service, not like in our meetings in the basketball courts, we got all night. We can stay there until everybody's prayed for. In Sunday morning service, it's a little different. So you, eventually you have to move on. Um, I don't know how, if I got down here how many. Yeah, there was uh, 31 people saved that morning in that church, and there was 12 people healed, and she was one of them. And so you have to, you know, there's a line of people waiting to be prayed for, so you can't spend all your time on one person. But she could have used some more prayer, um, just soaking prayer. Um, I prayed for her the first time, and she could still see nothing. I said, well, Jesus prayed more than once. Let's just pray again. I prayed again, and she was able to see. And uh, she says, it's, I can see things, it's just blurry. I says, well, just keep believing. It's going to get better as the service goes on. So I checked with her at the end of the service. Again, uh, we had a meal there. And she said it was much clearer, but it was still not exactly the way we want it. So, um, but it was progressively getting better. So I'm assuming that she's seeing really good now. But I can't tell you that for sure. But she was... Um, so everything isn't just like that, you know. Healing is really a process. I like to see everything just like that. That's just me. And um, a lot of, he was doing a lot of stuff that way. And the one that really touched my heart was the deaf-mute boy right at the very beginning, 15 years old. He was not able to fulfill his destiny in Christ because he couldn't hear or talk. But now, when he learns to talk, he's going to be able to fulfill the destiny. He might be the next Billy Graham of the Philippines. Who knows? Only God knows. You know? So, uh, when you have time, it really makes a difference. Okay, the next one, please. It is finished. That's what I taught on over there. I'm going to share a little bit of that this morning. Uh, not much because there won't be time, but I'll probably share with you the introduction to this teaching um, that we taught over there. They're always making banners, so I took a picture of the banner. Um, okay, next one. This is a student in the Bible school. He had rheumatic fever, not now, when he was a baby, when he was real young. Um, and ever since he can remember, he's had pain in his stomach. I asked him what it felt like, and he said, it feels like a mild headache. It just aches. And I says, you've had this all your life? He says, yeah. And so we're rebuking that right now. And uh, I had another picture of him somewhere. He fell over, and when he got up, there was no pain. For the first time since he can remember, he had no pain in his stomach. So God... However, whatever he did there, I don't know. He healed him because you're prayed. That's what he did. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You being blessed so far? Yes. Hallelujah. Okay, the next one. This is a leadership conference. Some of the leaders, there's a bunch more to the left. I tried to get a picture of, but there was too much sunshine. Anyway, they're praying for one another. When I first went over there 22 years ago, 23 years ago, there was a competition all the time between pastors. And we're, we're getting them now to where they're realizing they're all on the same team. It isn't a competition. You know, I'm not competing with Global Awakening. Uh, we're, we're, we're all doing the same thing, no matter if you're a big ministry or a little ministry. It's, it's winning souls for Jesus. And part of winning souls for Jesus um, healing is a great way. If, if somebody's not interested and you can get them healed, I can tell you stories about evangelizing in Peevely. Guy put his foot in the door, and I don't want to go into all of that. But he didn't want to hear about Jesus. He was holding on to his shoulder. I probably told you this story before. Anyway, he got healed his shoulder, then he wanted to hear about Jesus. So healing is a big part. It can be used in evangelism. Um, so we're having him pray for each other's ministries. Don't pray for your ministry, you pray for... That guy in the front on the left, that older gentleman, is Pastor Rowley's brother. He's older than I am. 
Can you believe that? Still standing. Hallelujah. Okay, next one, please. There's Miss Anita sharing the joy of the Lord. Um, she's laughing there. It looks like she's got no teeth in her mouth. <laughs> she, she does have teeth. She's just sharing the joy of the Lord. And they always want her to share something, and she's, I don't know what to say, but it doesn't take long before everybody's laughing. Um, she's just, a, she should be in a dictionary where it says joy. There ought to be a picture of her. Okay, the next one, we're just about done with this. That's the graduates there. There's five of them this year, two boys and three girls. And this is their staff, Pastor Jay and his wife in the red dress on the left. She teaches English in the school. Because if you minister in, in town, in a big city, you're going to have to know English. That's uh, Lady Rowley's wife next to her, and Anita and I in the middle, Pastor Rowley to my left, and Pastor Boy, and his wife is to his left, but we can't see her. Whoever took the picture were a little too close. And... Uh, that's Flo in the back there. She's one of the volunteers. She graduated last year. She's a very gifted lady, um, an intercessor. She's 27 years old. But that's our staff. Um, I got another picture of them with everybody on it. <laughs> uh, okay, the next one, please. Uh, this is Jesus Reigns Ministry. I was invited to speak at their intercessory group. I was telling Connie a little bit about it. Um, I thought we were going to be sitting around in our living room and talking to about a dozen people. And I got there and there was a, um, about a hundred people there. They were all intercessors for this ministry. That lady that's kneeling down there, her name is Gina. And God basically raised up this ministry. She's a housewife. So those of you who are housewives, you just never know. God raised, raised up this ministry. It's basically a ministry, Dan, about worship being Jesus. And they won't let anybody speak um, and talk about their name of their church or the name of their ministry or how many titles they have. Um, if they have somebody speak, we're going to have Brother Warren speak to us tonight. That's it. You know, everything, the only name that's exalted is the name of Jesus. And uh, I was at a convention. That's her husband next to her. I had a word of knowledge before I preached that night, and he was healed. And he'd never been healed before. So 10 o'clock at night, he wants to go out for a hamburger and talk about the healing. <laughs> so we all went out to some place, hamburger place. And you remember where we went? Burger King. Burger King, all right. And he bought us all a hamburger. Tough job, but somebody's got to do it, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just high on their ministry because they're very obedient people. They were told to anoint uh, two provinces with oil. Lord Jesus told them to do that. And so they rented planes and flew over the provinces, dropping oil out of the planes, anointing uh, provinces like our state. It cost them 20,000 American dollars to do that of their own money because he, they were told to do it. That's the only way they could figure to do it. So these are humble people that are obedient to God that only exalt the name of Jesus, nobody else. So I'm really high on this ministry. I met them two years ago. Last year we spent a little time with them. This year quite a bit more time. And I was able to speak into their lives quite a bit this year. God just used me because I was there, not because I'm so smart. I was just there. And the questions they had um, I helped them with confirmation on several things that they had. Um, so I won't go into all that. But <clears throat> uh, Okay, the next one. This is Sunday morning. This is the last Sunday. I was over there March 26th, I believe it was. Uh, it was a great day in the Lord. This baby had a fever. This is in Rolly's church, very hot and just forbid the fever from being on. Just try it. You'll like it. It'll just get cool under your hand. Just wham. You know, we just have to realize what we have in Christ Jesus. It's finished. It's already done. And we just need to exercise some love and authority and let her go. 
Okay, the next one. This is a picture of the, gra the campus grounds. All my pictures have been of buildings always. And I'm up on top of that flat roof now, leaning against the rail, taking a picture down there. You can see the road through the middle. We own both sides of the road here. And that's our new van sitting in the woods down there. And you can see it's a beautiful setting. And uh, so there's no buildings on this picture. The, the boys' dorm is to the right. I'm in the staff house and right directly across the road to be up on this end of the picture is where the Bible school building is itself. That's the two-story building. Hallelujah. Okay, the next one. There's the staff. There's six. Uh, we have six, uh, five part-time people and six full-time people. Um, Pastor Boy and his wife Sally in the middle, she's the one that got cut off at that other picture. This is actually a picture from last year, but it's the only one I had with the whole staff on it. And the ones in the back, um, Pastor Emerson there, and, and those students all graduated now, but they, they're volunteers at the school. There's just a lot of things that need to be done there, um, and they help out there. Okay, the last one. We had 25 meetings that you prayed for. Probably didn't pay for 25 meetings, but that's what we had. We usually have a couple extra. It was 121 confirmed healings. Remember, we were praying for 100 healings, and we were praying for 600 salvations, and there are 715 salvations. Give God some glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Tell us does above and beyond all that we ask or think. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That last Sunday, um, when they were praying for that baby in Broly's church, there was 30 healings that morning in that service. 30 on the Sunday morning service. And then in the evening service uh, was a makeup meeting because I went to Jesus Reigns that night. I was supposed to be at this other church. And so we went there on Sunday night. And there was 13 more healings that night in um, 85 salvations. The reason there were so many salvations is the pastor went out in the neighborhood passing out coupons. And if you come to his church that night with this coupon and listen to the message, you'll get a bag of rice. Okay? So, but you have to have the coupon. Bring the coupon with you. So he was passing it out to just heathen people in the community. So the whole church was full of people from the community that were not Christian. So we just preached the gospel, and uh, once again, everybody got saved. It was 85, got saved. So that day there was 43 healings between the two services and 85 salvations. That's a good day's work. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God does these things because uh, people like you are praying. And we're just bringing back a report on what he did because you prayed. He's the one that did it. Jesus did all those healings. And you guys were doing the intercession. And on behalf of all the people that would heal, all 121 of them, those are just the ones we can confirm. There might be others that we could not confirm. We don't count them. We only count the ones I can't see, now I can't. I can't hear, now I can. We only count the ones that we can confirm. So... Uh, we got a few minutes yet. Um, I'm going to share a little bit with you on the Word of God. Now, this is part of the teaching, so it's going to be more teaching than preaching, but um, this will go pretty quick. But I, as I said over there uh, at the beginning, I taught on It Is Finished, and it was the name of it. And uh, So we'll just start, and we'll just go until maybe 15 minutes. And then, uh, so we want to begin in John 19:30. John chapter 19, verse 30. So, so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, "It is finished," and bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And the Greek tense here indicates um, that the work of redemption had been completed once and for all. His results are abiding continuously. Those things we know. We must realize that not just the work of our salvation was finished. 
Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. It says, Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, healing was prophesied through Christ's atonement approximately 700 years by the prophet Isaiah before Christ. And that's the prophecy right there. So when Jesus said it is finished, divine healing for mankind was a finished provision, just like our salvation. I wasn't saved until I was 35 years old, but the provision was there that whole time. These provisions were all made long before we were around. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Philippians 4.19 And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Whatever your need is today, God has supplied the provision for it. It is finished. If you need finances, he's got them in the spirit realm. If you need healing, he's provided it in the spirit realm. Whatever it is. Romans 8, 37, it says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because we are more than conquerors, because we are not trying to win a battle for salvation. It's already been provided. We're not trying to win a battle for healing. It's already been provided. We're not trying to win a battle to have our need met. No, 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 all those things have been Provided. Rather, we enforce the victory won through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what we're to be doing in reinforcing the victory. Hallelujah. We're not trying to win a battle. Listen to me, please. We're not trying to win a battle. We're coming from a battle Jesus has already won. He won when he rose from the dead. If he had not risen from the dead... None of this would be possible. We're not trying to win a battle. We're coming from a battle that Jesus has already won. We're not trying to get something from God. But we're fighting to receive a full manifestation of what God has already provided in Christ. God has made provision for us spiritually, physically, and materially through the cross. If we understand and believe this truth, it will remove legalistic performance mentality from people. God's love and provision for you uh, aren't based on your performance. <laughs> you know, I can mess up and mess up and mess up and God is still going to love me. Isn't that amazing? I'm so thankful for that because I've messed up plenty. Let me tell you. It's not based on our performance at all. We need to recognize this was all done long before we were here. Therefore, your worthiness or lack of worthiness has nothing to do with it. You just need to receive it. Just receive the provision that he's provided for us. The only worthiness we have is we're wrapped in the robes of righteousness of Christ Jesus. When he looks at him, he sees us there. That's why we can come into his throne room boldly anytime we want to. We don't need an appointment. This is important. You can't doubt that God would give you something that you know he's already supplied. Knowing that God's already done it eliminates doubt. See, if you can wrap your head around this, that God has already provided healing, just like he provided salvation and these other things. He's made these provisions in the spirit realm. If we can get a hold of that revelation that he's already supplied it, it's already done, it eliminates doubt. Why would I doubt then if I already know I have it? It's just in this other realm. Believing this truth should change the way you pray. Many prayers of God's people are asking God to do something that he's already done. 
Just an example prayer, if I can get this apart. Let's just use healing since we're all familiar with that. Oh God, please heal me. You know, I need healing right now. I'm praying for healing. But I'm not praying, oh God, please, please heal me. He's already done that. A better prayer would be, according to your word, that tells me that by your stripes I am healed, I believe I am healed. And I appropriate that provided healing now by faith in Jesus' name. Amen, so be it. That would be a better prayer. You stand on the word of God, what the word of God says. And where we get into trouble is we consider the impossibility of the situation. I don't feel good. And I, I don't know what's wrong. But I know God can fix it. Amen? Amen? And that's what Abraham, he did not consider the impossibility of what God told him. You're going to have a child about a year from, you know, your wife's going to have a child. And he's almost 100 years old. You know, if you think about that, it's impossible. The lady that I prayed for when I put my hand on her eye, and said, I begin seeing, I did that immediately. If I'd have thought about that for a few minutes, I'd say, gee, I don't know. You know, she can't see. Who am I? But I didn't think about it. There wasn't any chance for doubt to come in. I just went ahead and did it. And, of course, then my faith level, everybody's faith level went up, including mine, uh, when we saw God open that eye instantly. We need to realize that we're already blessed. This is kind of the introduction to that thing I did over there. And I'll just go a little more. Ephesians 1, 1 to 3. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus, and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's past tense. You are blessed. You know, it doesn't matter how I feel this morning, I am blessed. Let's unpack it a little bit. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that literally means this, that your heart may receive the brightness of hope resulting from the wealth of God's investment in you is understood. In other words, we need to realize what we already have. We need to realize what we already have. Hallelujah. When it talks about heavenly places there, that's not referring to heaven. The Greek word there refers to the invisible spirit realm that surrounds us all the time the invisible spirit realm that surrounds us. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Everything has already been provided in that realm. So we receive and acquire and appropriate what is needed from the spirit realm to the natural realm by the faith that God has given us. God gave us a measure of faith, remember? Amen? Somebody? Amen? Yeah. Whose faith did he give us? He gave us a measure of his faith. And that faith, uh, a mustard seed of that faith will move a mountain. Yeah. So you really don't have a faith problem if you know Jesus. We need to realize what we already have. Verse 19, according to means in the same measure as. See, this is teaching. It's more, a little bit more in depth when you get into the tenses and stuff. In the same measure as, or to the exact degree. In other words, the same exact degree of power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, a couple of people got that. And this is a good place to shout right there. Amen. Amen. When it says heavenly places, it's not referring to our heavenly home, as I said. The Greek word 
refers to this invisible realm around us. That's where the provision is. And we acquire that and we appropriate that um, with that faith that God gave us. But there's still a fight. Some of you are wondering then why. I'm going to close here in just a minute. There's still a fight. The fight is to stand in the victory of God's provision in Christ Jesus. It's not a fight to get something from God. God's not holding back something from us. You're already blessed, the Bible says, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Hallelujah. It's not a fight to get something from God. John 10.10, the thief does not come except, this is why he comes, to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The abundant life is being a child of God, knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, being healthy, having your needs met, being able to fulfill your God-given destiny in Christ Jesus. That's the abundant life. And it may include a nice house and a car and a new pickup truck. I don't know. But that's... That's not prosperity, that's just part of the abundant life that God has, people call it prosperity, but that's just part of the abundant life. If you have all those things, great. The only reason you and I have more than we need is so that we can uh, spread the gospel, that we can give to somebody who's doing that. If we're not doing it, that makes you part of it. So the fight is to keep Satan from stealing what God has already provided for for you, your salvation, your healing, etc. Um, you have to be absolutely convinced that you already have <clears throat> what God's provided, or there will always be some doubt. Because just a small amount of doubt um, can negate your faith, can prevent you from receiving. And that's what it says when it talked about Abraham. He didn't consider the impossibility of the natural circumstances around him. He just considered what God said. And that's where we get messed up. We believe the word all right, but we consider the impossibility of, you know, whatever it might be. Hallelujah. Have you heard me say this many times? Faith is the currency of the kingdom. God wants you to appropriate his provision in the spirit realm into this natural realm by faith. It is finished. Believe God's already done it. Healing, finances, whatever it is. Use your God-given authority um, in prayer to get those things from the spirit realm to manifest into this natural realm. If you will allow this revelation to be believed in your heart, it must be believed in your heart, and not doubt, you can't help but receive. There's no way. We don't need to get God to do something more. We need to see, understand what he's already done and learn how to use um, the power that's within us. Amen. Amen? So that we can see him do these wonderful things like he did in the Bible. And he's doing them um, all around the earth today. But there's coming a day when everybody will be doing them in the church. Everybody that wants to will be doing them in the church. So I'm just going to stop there. Otherwise, we're going to get into too much detail here. So the worship team can come, and let's just have a prayer. Father, we thank you and praise you for your tremendous provision. We thank you on behalf of all the people that were healed uh, all around the world and through the other, all kinds of ministries everywhere including our little ministry, Lord. We thank you for those who intercede, who stand in the gap for those who need healing and need salvation. Lord, we're so grateful for those who do that. And we pray, Lord, that um, we would understand that you've made this provision and that you would help us and teach us how to receive full manifestations of it, how to stand against the devil uh, resist them. You've showed us how to do that with your word. But sometimes we just are a little lazy, I think. 
And we just need to take the word and resist the devil and live in the abundant life and the victory that you've provided for us, Lord God. And we thank you and praise you for all that you're doing everywhere. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to guide and lead us by your spirit. Lord, take us from faith to faith and glory to glory, Lord God. Hallelujah. We give you all glory and all praise and all honor. For it's all about you, Jesus. Amen.